Cayman Peace for All podcast listeners. I'm Jason Snell, joined by Dan Morin to talk about Season 2, Episode 2 of For All Mankind. Hi, Dan. Здравствуйте, Jason. I'm just going with it. Yeah, yeah. Let's... Uh, You'll be my I Russian spend, counterpart. I didn't spend four years studying Russian to not find a way to use it somehow. Yanni <laughs> Penimayu. Um, yes. So, um, ble- The Bleeding Edge. The Bleeding Edge, episode two of For All Mankind. Um, things look bad for Wubbo, Dan. My favorite character <laughs> on the show, Wubbo. He's, he's, yeah, he's not Wubbo, doing great. Wubbo says, I quit. <laughs> I'm going to go live my life for the few years I have before I get cancer from my deep exposure to radiation on the moon. Man, it's really tough to tell somebody that and have them yell at you, too, <laughs> right? And be like, what are you doing? Enjoying your life. <laughs> that seems, that seems rough. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, at least he survived we, his head wound, so he's got that going for him. He gets, you know, also we learn in this episode that there are, of course, there are doctors on the moon. Mm-hmm. And so, like, what is worse than a flight surgeon back at Mission Control is a flight surgeon with you on the moon. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. she's like, you're out of here, man. And Molly yeah. is told, you're yeah. out of here, too, because it turns out Molly's dosimeter that she got, um, that she left in the lava tube, already, that even that got her too much radiation, and we know that she didn't stay in the lava tube, so she, they've, they've all got to come back. Right, because she's exceeded the amount that she's supposed to get for like a full tour on the moon. Exactly. Even though it's still green, which is like, well, alright, probably not great, we should, you know, we should cut you back. And I, you know, I had to wonder at that point, again, Molly Cobb is a person who's going to go out and save people, that's mm-hmm. what she does, but... You kind of wonder about, like, I went through all that so I wouldn't get grounded, you know, like, and yet, no such luck. Yeah, so she, you know, when she comes back to Earth, there is, uh, you know, jumping ahead a little bit, but sort of sticking with the with the Molly story, um, they land, the shuttle lands, and she's, we get a lot of, like, weird, like, she's not, she's, great. She's not quite right, uh, perspective shots, um, and... This is why I, my notes say this is why when astronauts come back from space, they don't have them stand in front of a microphone. Mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. they've been in space. They don't they, they're not so good at Earth gravity. Give them a chair. Yeah. Give them something to sit on. Um, but um, Molly's awesome husband, Wayne, is there to. Yay, Wayne. I do love Wayne. To protect her. And um, and so that's we see him. And then, of course, we get the scene again following Molly's track. We get the couples golfing with the Cobbs and the Baldwins. So amazing. This might be my favorite scene from the show so far this season. Because, first of all, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. Wayne is the best at golf so far, which is hilarious. Isn't that hilarious? Yes. The artist, hippie, pot-smoking Wayne. Because you think he's going to get up there and totally, like, whiff or something, right? No, and, and instead he just hits his beautiful Majestic drive. drive and Ed's yeah. like, great shot, every, Wayne. Every, they're like, every time. You can tell they've done this before, right? Like, just, oh, constantly trying. He's like, this time. This time I'm going to beat Wayne. It's got to nope. be a shot of at Ed's pride, right? That that yeah. Wayne is a better golfer than he is. Um, and, now we know and, why he's practicing in his office all the time. So we get we had two great things in this scene. This scene is great. Um and I think I think they shoot this in in Canada. And I say that because for a for a golf course in in Houston there's a lot of evergreen, evergreen trees. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Um 
it is great because we get to have two pairs of the the couples talking. So we get Ed and uh, Molly and Molly. Yep. And I love oh. their conversation because so we we've been set up with this whole TV thing of like oh she hid the she hid the decimeter they they aren't going to realize how she, how much she really got exposed to and it's going to be this drama and she's going to be sick and nobody's going to know and Ed immediately is like. Yeah, that's a lie. Yeah, there's no <laughs> way. There's no way you sat in there for three hours she's watching like, I Wubbo. You, I don't know what you mean. He's like, come on. And she's like, oh, you know, we we tell things to the flight surgeons. And he's like, well, I know, right? Like, I, I love it because he's not, he's, he's not saying she's wrong. He's not saying he's going to tell. But he's saying he knows. And, right. and he, I, he I just, wants to I, know I, how I, she's I, doing, I right? It. Like, yeah, I thought the, the relationship between those two characters fantastic i thought that scene was was just really well written it again it shows that our we know our characters we know what they're about we know who they are and they know each other which is important um the other thing i took away from that bit is she kind of gives ed a hard time about not wanting to go back to space you know like don't you want to go back up or whatever and he he kind of turns it down he says something like i'm very happy here on earth and i turned to my wife and i said this is where you remember this is my tv shortcut trick when somebody tells you they're very happy in a situation that they're in Expect that situation to change at some point. I am firmly convinced that right. Ed will have to go back to space at some point yeah. this season. Yeah, hundred percent. There's, there's a track record for that too. I mean, often yeah. the astronauts who run—it's true in history—the astronauts who run the astronaut office can assign themselves. Right, to and missions. Deke, Deke did right. it last season, right? Like because he had the heart exactly. problem, and yeah. he decided, no, it's it's fine. Which, I've been clear. Which is, yeah. is right out of the story of Deke Slayton and yep. of uh, Alan Shepard. They both did that, mm-hmm. so it's happened before. It'll happen again. Uh, but I I like that he's like, actually, I'm I'm pretty happy. And like I I think you're right. I think what the show is doing is not saying. Ed's secretly miserable. Right. I think it's saying circumstances will, will force require Ed. him. Yes. Yeah. He'll have to do something that he he'll have to make a choice, mm. and that choice will be, I I like it here on Earth just fine, but I have to go back up for right. some or, reason. Yeah. Or he'll be forced to by you know events will will force somebody to right. make him have to go up there or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but I like that he does seem kind of happy. He yep. gets to go golfing. He's golfing in his office. He's making the decisions. Although, he <laughs> says, I care about the Ascans. I care about the astronauts. I'm doing good. Like yeah. I, And I believe him. I don't think that it's a lie. I think he's he's kind of happy as a clam. He did his space thing. Now he's doing something that he believes in that's helping all these other people. He's He's got his life at the at the bar and and we saw him he was so low you know his child died it was so hard in season one and the ed we see here it's not the same ed but he it i think he seems legitimately happy i agree i agree with you totally i mean like everything in his life seems like he is he's very happy with it he's very content with the situation i will say as a note something about joel kinnaman in that sweater vest and golf get up feels i don't know it feels like (laughs) yeah He's like he's a big like buff guy, and he's yeah. wearing like this like kind of old man, right? Like they, they Molly makes fun of him for wearing the reading glasses at one point. Mm-hmm. He's like, I love Joel Kinnaman. I think he does great in this, but he he looks like a bodybuilder trying to wear like well, like footy pajamas or right. something. And they're aging they're aging him up. That you know they're trying bit, to yeah. age him up, age him up a little bit because the passage of time and that's a, right. a little bit of a challenge. And the show does I think the minimal effort. <laughs> and he's also like, he's just got like the chiseled jaw and the like the physique does. right where it's like he yeah. does not. Like Which, Gordo looks older, Ed does not. <laughs> I think. I, well, I think that's the idea. Is that it, right? Is like Ed has kept himself together, even though he's right. not going yes. back to space. He is going to live that life of being completely put together. 
Yeah. Um, even if he is wearing the ridiculous golf outfit, he is super put together. Um, by the way, though, the other co- <laughs> meanwhile, <laughs> uh, we get Karen and Wayne. Uh, they're smoking pot <laughs> in the golf cart. Uh, it is the most unlikely, wonderful combination from season one. Back again in season two. I'm so happy to see those guys Love talking. It. They have the shorthand. There's, there's no like TV. Will they or won't they? Or is there tension there? It is legitimately they are both the the spouses of astronauts, and they have a bond. And he is from a completely different world than she is, and they connect. And he has really helped her become a better person. And they have their conversation while they're smoking pot in the in the golf cart. And I, I just, I love it. I love it's seeing great. them together. I love those conversations. And I love that the show is so weird that it just goes with that. Like, yeah, these are people, they make human connections. It's not like, you know, what was in the manual. And that's what's great about it. Yeah. Along, again, it goes a long way to making Karen, I think, an even more uh likable character yes and yes. and i really enjoy their relationship because he really brings out the humanity in her mm-hmm. and like the things you know we talked a little bit about this last week but like the 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 aspects of her personality that she sort of put behind the facade because of being the astronaut spouse um i think that it's fun to see her break out of that and that that relationship goes a long way towards that well and and karen and ed's it's funny because karen and ed's relationship is stronger Obviously, yeah, uh, that they they had a good, solid relationship, and she was miserable. Whereas uh, the other relationship, the the Stevens relationship, is was terrible, and he's unfaithful to her, and she's miserable, and she becomes an astronaut, and she becomes a star. Uh, but uh, you know, it's not as if Karen, you know, Karen, and they've been through a lot with the death of a child and all of that. But also, um, it, it's just an interesting contrast of like she their relationship was strong but she's still unhappy and and has found a way forward to be a a more fully realized person and and wayne last season was a part of that journey and it was just nice to see them again it's a nice set of 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 the spouses talking to each other it's I, i i like that a lot um the oh and and I'll just throw in here since we were talking about Molly that uh, later we do get that scene where Wubbo is leaving uh, leaving the the mission control and she's like what do you mean you're quitting you don't quit don't give up and he's like basically uh, screw you I have a horrible dose of radiation and am gonna die and I'm just gonna go live my life until then and she she's angry at him but obviously she also is thinking this is is this my fate yep. too. Yeah, right. Because you know, and did I save you for you to quit? And it's like, well, yeah, exactly, exactly. You didn't like, save he's really appreciative, either. but yeah, well, I think it's the struggle Molly's going to deal with for as long as she lasts this season. I is sort so. of the how how far can she get? Right? Because they make the point that there isn't any way to determine how much radiation someone has absorbed. Right? right. Like, there's no way to know. And so, no, is she going to bluff it out? Is she going to try and? you know, basically qualify to go back up again because that's right. what she wants to do. That That's um, the challenge, right? It's like, if they know that she's got it, what Wubbo is going to do is Wubbo is going to get scanned for cancer every couple of months, right? And they're going right. to try really hard to to spot the cancer and see if they can stop it for with, as long with as With whatever ni- 1980s technology they yeah, have. Advanced space age yeah. 1980s, space age 1980s technology, yes. but still. where But Molly can't do that, right? Because... Right. Because then the jig is up. Yeah, the so is she, up yeah. If she wants to go back to space, which she undoubtedly does, and will probably be angling for, and I, I wonder where that storyline is going. Yeah, it's hard to imagine that she isn't going to force her way back up. Or events, as we said earlier, perhaps events will force her 
to uh, be able to go back up. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But bye, goodbye, Webbo. I don't. We hardly knew I, you. I feel like we're not going to see Webbo again, and uh, all we're going to get is like <laughs> there'll be at the end of the season. There'll be like a oh, Webbo, Webbo, Webbo died. died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Webbo? Uh, not really that he well, did. but okay. Bad bad news for Webbo. Um, winding back up, we got we get some more. We got a Gary Hart shot, so we got some more deep fakes in this episode. We got Gary Hart and John Lennon. I don't mm. remember what Gary Hart sounds like, so if, I only I only really had a there was some I can't remember where I listened to a podcast about him. It might have been I don't remember if it was a Planet Money or something, but it was a podcast about his whole you know tanked presidential run. Yeah, where. Well, yeah, he was the he was the favorite for so long, and then he was discovered to be having, having an, affair. an affair. Yeah, yeah. monkey that business. Basically, mm-hmm. Yeah, that basically tanked his his hopes of being president. Right. <laughs> yeah, because right. nobody ever has affairs and gets elected a president anymore. But in those well, days, not so much. It was well, he, he and he got found out, and yeah, right. that was the that was the thing. So yeah, Gary Hart is there. Is he going to come back? Are they going to make him president again? I, you know, Maybe. I, 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 who knows. He's in the running, it seems he, like. He's in the point. running. And then we get we later we get our, our John Lennon deep fake where he's telling Ronald Reagan to chill out and <laughs> I enjoyed uh, having I enjoyed the idea of Lennon still being alive and what his impact, if anything, on the culture would be. Like right. to me, that's it's it feels very ancillary, but it's a nice bit of color yes. uh in terms of this world. And I, I and someone who was a Beatles fan, like uh, you know, the fact that John Lennon doesn't die is kind of nice. It's nice to have a little right. upbeat thing with all the terrible things happening. What are the what are the Lennon eighties projects going to look like? Yeah. Um, the uh, NASA administrator, who is a kind of oily character, I think he's a political animal. It's a political job. Wants them to plan a Soviet PR stunt. Basically, they want they want to say that they want to be able to say that they're planning to do a link up in space, which is basically the analog is Apollo Soyuz, which really did happen in the mid seventies right, yeah. in our world where they can like shake hands through a docking thing and be like, look at us, peaceful use of space. But of course things have, have progressed so far. Um, and yet this is a thing that, that is put on Margot's plate. And she's like, I got a, a lot of things that are real that I need to do. And this is never going to happen. And he's like, it doesn't matter that it's never going to happen. You need to do it. Right. And <laughs> the, the, his whole point is like, we want to be seen offering and them right. turning it down. This is the, again, the gamesmanship is all, it's all about that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's an interesting echo of Apollo Soyuz, uh, in in this world which obviously didn't happen because they were they right. were too competitive for that yeah i was remembering as my my wife was turning to me and i was like no that was the thing that happened at some point <laughs> i remembered the yeah. imagery i couldn't remember when but yeah i, I knew that was yeah, the thing that that was deke slayton oh, oh i believe that was deke. deke slayton yeah did that did apollo soyuz so um uh yeah he did that's what he did 1975 so uh, there's that's going to be going on in the background. I do wonder if we're going to get so we got the hostage cosmonaut last time where they basically broke into the <laughs> to the base while they were out and then he went and bagged himself a cosmonaut and brought him back in. Um I do wonder like we talked about in our last episode what the uh what do we see of the Soviet side and is this possibly setting something up where if this doesn't happen but there will be some sort of interaction cuz I I thought last season we were going to get something very different than what we got, which was that that um, the that Ed was going to have to seek refuge in the Soviet base because of a disaster. Mm-hmm. 
and instead he took a he took a cosmonaut hostage for close very close nearby different, different way to go uh but i do wonder if if that's going to happen at some point where there's one of these like we have to you know we have to have each other's backs because space is cruel moments versus a just a nothing but a, an unrelating escalation of tension so we'll see where the where where it goes did you notice by the way a familiar face as the TV news anchor talking about all the things that are going on in this parallel world. Did you notice the TV news anchor? I saw the TV news anchor and I, I felt like I recognized him but couldn't place it, but it was too quick and I didn't I did not go well, there, back. Well, look. there's a couple news anchors. There's the, there's the guy uh, and then there's a woman who's a yes, news anchor. On the fake CNN. On the fake CNN. And that's Linda Park who played Hoshi Sato oh. on Enterprise. Uh, it makes me wonder if we're going to see her some more because why would you... She's like a well-known... Uh, uh, at I least in sci-fi circles too, yeah you know maybe not maybe it's just like a good gig but it's such a minor part to just be a newsreader for one thing that maybe maybe she's got some work going on i don't know but and she's got a character name uh but it is hoshi sato as the news anchor there linda park <laughs> good job also uh i couldn't identify him on site but in the mission control scenes um and the astronaut scenes former astronaut uh, garrett reisman uh wow. is in there playing astronaut garrett reisman he is literally playing himself he is also the show's technical consultant, so that's, that's how cool. he gets that gig. Very cool. He gets put yeah, there, in there. There are a few other faces. The guy who Ellen hands over control of Jamestown to uh, is an actor named Scott Michael Campbell, who I just I is one of those faces who pops up in a bunch of things because I, I immediately did a oh that guy. I mean, he's only in there for like a one scene basically, right. but I still I still every once in a while there's the those pop ups where you're like oh that person looks familiar yeah. oh there they are I like a, I like not. a good um you know I I relieve you of duty I stand relieved mm-hmm, moment mm-hmm. too that's always feel that, that feels like uh, uh Ron Moore's naval background <laughs> yeah um so so Danielle we see for the first time. She is she is uh, outside in the car. She's going back into the bar. Uh, this is really like her re-entrance. We, we saw her last season. Obviously, she broke her arm in order to protect Gordo from losing it on the moon. Um, she had her uh, problematic husband. Mm-hmm. And what we discover here, as she's first off trying to just gird herself to even go into the, the astronaut bar and see Ed and Gordo, um, it, we, we learned that it's been nine years since Hi Bob. Uh, Clayton, her husband is dead. She wants to get, it's been terrible for nine years. She wants to go back into space. Uh, and, uh, also there are ferns in the bar. <laughs> yeah. It's, it really makes the place spruces up a bit. Spruces up the place. Yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh. Um, I slowly turning into a TGI Fridays. <laughs> That's what's happening there. So, I mean, important things I think to take away here. It's heavily implied that here, her husband killed himself. Um, I thought based on like his uh, essentially PTSD, which is what we saw the right. effects of last season. Uh, he had come back from Vietnam and had right. not been well, and so it seems yeah, it's, it's unclear not whether he had a, mentioned had a mental illness that continued or it is exactly what. But it's been a very hard nine years, and now he's dead. Yes, it is not specifically mentioned, but I was reading between the lines. It seemed likely that somehow that spiraled into something that could led be. to his death i don't know it could i was thinking like it could be agent orange or something like that where he sure got exposed that's and he possible got sick, that's but, possible but it, but he well, last time we saw him he had his severe ptsd and was in a horrible right. state 
And yeah, and she talks about him being in pain um, yeah. for a lot of this. But it's, yeah. you know, something traumatic has happened and led to his death, probably. And now she's trying to re-enter the world. Right. And um, I, I enjoyed the scene with her trying to gird, as you said, herself to come out. Like, she keeps opening the door to the car and then closing the door of the car. She looks and then the opening Bible. the door of the car and closing the door. And she has a Bible. She picks a verse at random. It's kind of weird. And yeah. she's like, I don't know. <laughs> I enjoyed yeah. that. That was very funny. Um, uh, and I absolutely adore the relationship between the three of them. We see the bond that has, you know, remained from their experiences, right? The things that only they know about. And I thought it was great. The mo- the fact that they all greet each other with hi, Bob, made both myself oh, and man. my wife laugh out loud. I have to mention this because my wife swore that I should mention this. We had been watching a, a show on um, IMD TV, which is also part of Amazon Prime. Right. And it has commercials every once in a while. And we have one of those things where we binged like five seasons of a show. And it like the same commercials would keep coming up. And so we literally were high bobbing it where we were trying to learn all the lines to the commercials. And we're like, ah, blah, the pandemic of 2020 slash 2021, where we kept Memorized ourselves sane by memorizing commercials. commercials. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. So so she wants back in and he says he's going to make that happen. Um, and we'll we'll uh, get back to that in a minute. But I'll, I'll just advance through this part of the storyline here. So uh, we see Tracy. She is. Mm-hmm. We last saw her on the Carson show, on the Tonight Show. She is doing a fashion photo shoot in a fake <laughs> spacesuit, super fake spacesuit. Love it. Very weird. A uh, very yeah, I like that, and I like that says it all. Um, meanwhile, Gordo is absolutely falling apart again. Michael Dorman doing a great job of being a man who has completely lost all anchor with reality. <laughs> so. He's I just like a that sad, he tries, though, right? He throws the backyard barbecue for his son coming home from Annapolis, and he's really tries to be yeah. nice with Tracy I, and everything. I, I love that scene. So it, yeah, we get her as as the famous person, but then we get her back, right? Like, and there's uh, we'll uh, might as well talk about the the scene that's in between them now, which is she comes back and sees Ed. She has Ed McMahon's mug for yeah. Ed, which she's stolen from the set <laughs> of the Tonight Show. He's like, uh, sure. thanks, I guess. <laughs> uh, but it's very clear that Ed is not happy with her for several reasons. One, she's uh, famous, and that's it feels problematic, but it seems like it's limiting. She hasn't done her sim work for her next mission, so we get a clear answer to the sort of the question that was hanging out yeah. there in episode one, which is, is she is she still on the job? And the answer is, well, she should be, but she's maybe a little too fancy, a little too globetrotting, a little too celebrity, at least for the astronaut culture. Now, I... I want to say that we haven't really heard from Tracy here. She's got some brief scenes here, but like I feel like it's fair. And she gives it to him too, where where he's like, "Oh, I'm worried about Gordo," and he's mad about that too. Like that that she's like, "Oh, but you hurt her, hurt his feelings," or, or that she's got married. You hurt his feelings doing that on the Tonight Show. Um, but like she's like, "You covered for him. He was a terrible husband. He he, he cheated, cheated on, on me. me. Yeah. You covered. You're responsible too." I feel good. I'm not going to feel bad about this. And I like that it's, I can at the same time be in Ed's shoes and be the very serious NASA head of astronauts being like, you know, we really like it if you just buckle down and do the job and not do anything. And she's like, yeah, but I don't want to do that. And, you know, you, it's kind of your fault (laughs) too. And, and and I like that I can see it from both perspectives. I think we get it from Ed's yeah. perspective here, but and, and it would be so easy to paint Tracy as like she's lost it and she's she's not she's just too too 
over the top with celebrity. And I don't want to do that because the other way to view this is Tracy gets to live her best life now. But that, yeah. that said, she did miss The Sims, and that's not great. I thought it was interesting, again, you know, to draw some comparisons between this and having watched the Right Stuff adaptation on National Geographic. One of the things they talk about there is, you know, the fact that the astronauts uh, become celebrities and yes. they make this whole deal with Life magazine yeah, where they for, are all profiled. For a lot of money. That, yeah, highly suggested in that one that essentially a lot of it is just very puff. It's not even <laughs> a lot of times not even real. Um but the, the the fact that the lifestyle comes with perks, right, the celebrity aspect of it, this is a world where even more probably than in our world, the astronauts have remained celebrities, right? Like, sure, a lot of people knew who the Mercury 7 were, but like after that in the 80s, there were people here and there you might know about, but I think on an average person would not know as much about astronauts, whereas it seems like they've sort of stayed in the zeitgeist oh, yes. more because yeah, there's, sure. there's more of them. It's much more active. The program's still, you know, going to the moon and all that. It's a fact of life. And so it's right. interesting to see that perspective of it as Tracy sort of embodies this, like, and, and again, as a woman astronaut, instead of the, in, you know, <laughs> unequivocally male-dominated Entirely past white that we have in ours, yeah. uh, you know, in our history there in, at the same time. In this period, it was, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, there's a scene where, where Ed welcomes the new astronaut candidates who are indeed called Askans. That's a name that that's mm-hmm. what they call them. Um, and that's kind of fun. Um, and, and Mo- Molly stands in the back and mouths along the words with, the <laughs> with Ed's speech. Yes. Yes. We get a little sense of that. And that happens right before they go golfing. Uh, we only get, uh, one other scene with Margot, but I wanted to mention it because I love it and it shows Margot's true spirit which is that she's desperately trying to get food out of the vending machine and it doesn't work <laughs> and she's like trying to reach up there and trying to rattle it and all those things and then she realizes that she can actually do negative air pressure by moving the flap open and closed at the bottom and that's what gets the uh, that's the power of physics people and she's very excited and she yells yes in the empty yep. corridors which i enjoyed and that's I her was, life because her life is empty and she lives yeah. at the office i had a brief moment of fear that like the vending machine was gonna fall on her, collapse on her something yeah. terrible um but yeah that was that was a fun uh a fun small scene and we should also sort of do the there's a tie-in there with ellen too um, yes who has her storyline because she is she has brought molly and and wubbo poor wubbo back oh. from the moon uh, right, so because we, uh, as we've learned, she's taking up a new job as the right. deputy administrator. Right. So, so Ellen and Larry and Larry's <laughs> new boyfriend are having. I love breakfast. this so much. <laughs> it's really yep. great. the The relationship between them, I, I think, first of all, the relationship between Ellen and Larry is just it's touching. Right. Like they have, they are very good friends, and they have this, you know, relationship that is there to cover both of them. Right. But. They also clearly care about each other, and he buys her a briefcase, like a little fancy leather briefcase right. for her she's, new job. She's going to be like associate administrator or something. She's she's going to the other side. Yeah, of and the, of and the he's he's trained his boyfriend to leave in the back door so uh-huh. that the neighbors won't ask questions. And she's like, you know, is this a, is is this uh, serious? And he's like, nah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But he like encouraging her like, oh, you're back. You're not in space all the time now. So you right. should find somebody. And uh, I guess so he it sounds like he works at Boeing. He now, works at Boeing opposed, now. Yeah. He's yeah, part so, of the, the whole space military industrial complex. But uh, yeah. Unclear again, because we had last season where he was his his uh, pers- his sexuality was became a matter of investigation. Right. Where, right. Like they were trying to figure out whether essentially any of these people are blackmail risks. Right. Um, and 
you know, maybe maybe there's less risk of that if he's not directly inside of NASA. Unclear. He's still presumably working on very sensitive stuff. But I, I enjoy that that interaction mm-hmm. quite a bit. I thought it was really well done. And then she goes off to her, her first day on the other side, and she goes into a meeting in Margot's office, and the administrator is there. And uh, there's there's no place for her to sit, so she has to kind of like pull up a, a low stuffed chair from behind, and she's not up to all the politics w- of what they're doing. Which is Margot very quickly is basically like, okay, we got to slow down um, more planning on the Mars missions because of the other things that are being demanded of us by the administration. And obviously, there's there's a conflict here that we're going to probably see for the rest of the season, which is sort of like, what are their priorities in space, and and what are we doing and not doing, and is the military taking away from the exploration, and all of that is going to be a theme. But in this case, Ellen is basically a fish out of water, and she tries to assert herself in her very first meeting, not really knowing as much as she maybe thinks she knows, and she kind of realizes very quickly that she's not, you know, she's not she going to be listened to, at least yeah. not yet. Right. She's she's still trying to get her feet underneath her as she yeah. adjusts to the civilian life. And, you know, there's the whole I mean, some of this is a very practical argument, right? It is the budget for like we had the solar storm and we need to, you know, be better prepared for this kind of stuff. And we can't keep going back to Congress, they talk about. And one of the interesting things, I think this is in episode one that they talk about, like the licensing and revenue Oh, yeah. At one point. Yeah, because and I thought the, that was really interesting. She, like, she Margot, offers the military guy a, a new printer in the box, even. Right, exactly. And of I thought the revenue that, that they are generating somehow. I thought it was fascinating because it showed, again, like the commercialization the, the, of, of NASA potentially. Yeah, electric uh, cars and, the, and who knows. Yeah, what else. I, I think it's interesting. I'm very curious to see if they tease that out a little bit more right. in terms of like, because in, in our world, it always feels like NASA is fighting to get like its tiny little bit of budget. Right. Uh, and and here they're they're making they're somehow they involved little, in capitalism and they yeah. can get a they're, they're a little flush maybe i mean maybe not like overwhelmingly they still have to make prioritizations as we see here but it seems like they're situated better financially than they might have been in a commensurate right. in our time period um okay and that gets us to the the big stuff that happens at the end of this episode so uh we mentioned it uh briefly earlier the at home with the stevens family where gordo is there their older son comes home from the academy He's in his dress whites. The younger son is there, not listening and listening to music on headphones. <laughs> uh, Tracy shows up, and it is it is a nice. They they are a broken family, and yet they are. I, I like that it doesn't again descend into it's bickering or squabbling. No, yeah. like she shows they up all and love each and other. Yeah. and Gordo is is you know he's a sad man, but like he's polite and she's polite, and they've got their kids, and they they you know they have their family meal. And all of that, and it's it's yeah. nice. He, he congratulates her on getting married, on getting married. And cracks a joke, you know, right. and like he's tr- he's trying his best, you know. He is, he's trying really hard to be. He's the divorced dad, and it's his fault. And she's gone on and done all these things, and he's still there. And he's but he's putting on a brave face. And then she leaves, and the 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 boys leave because they're going to go hang out with their friends because he's back from break and all of that. And um and that means that he is lost alone at home just him which is going to be bad but i do want to mention um some of the pieces that are in play here so one of the pieces that are in play that we don't still don't know about is what uh the note for elite from alita to margo we yes. don't know wh- what's going on with alita we haven't heard that yet there's something where margo says like somebody i used to know a long time ago right and but she seems upset about it so we get another piece here which is among the kids who are are hanging out and drinking yeah. beer when the when the sons go off to be with their friends is kelly 
the adopted daughter of uh of ed and uh karen karen and saw in the first week the, that they were having discussion the about where dinner. yeah about her going to college right and karen pulling pushing william and mary which clearly was her alma mater and you know discussing that and if something in this episode we see her she's flipping through a book from annapolis which uh-huh. she hides in her drawer and we wonder well maybe you know she doesn't want to uh you know broach that to right. her parents and in this but... scene she is absolutely trying to get the download from the older steven's son about what it's like at the academy so she clearly right. has the she has picked up from her adopted dad a real interest in going into the military which i think is kind of another and that's why i mentioned alita is like one of the challenges of the show that keeps hopping decades per season is you're going to lose characters either by death or by aging out into other roles yeah. and you do are you still need characters that are active in that and i feel that the show has been placing and continues to place little markers down of the next generation of people coming up and and to watch them so here is a story arc for their adopted daughter kelly who who wants to follow in the footsteps of ed it's interesting because in another show the the thing that my wife and i remarked upon when we saw that scene was it felt like maybe they were setting it up into say like she had a, a crush on gordo's son and that maybe it was some of that was an aspect of like oh he went off to this college i'm interested in that too i'm not sure in retrospect like having thought about it more i feel like that in a different show that might be the case but this show no. i feel like it's played much more like this no, is something she, that she wants and she's, she's much more interested in going to the academy she's getting information out of him because exactly. she's really interested in doing right, that and she, she's like and well, she's what's dropping like? you know the she's like i hear they treat the plebes really bad. she's dropping the lingo right like all that it's clear right. from someone who has spent a lot of time like researching she's and read he, that he, catalog over he talks over about again, you know right? this happens to us but not the women and things like that right like she's yeah, we get she's we get to, you got to go on an aircraft carrier yeah mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff so yeah. there's i just feel like there's some there's yes family drama there but also sort of this idea of the generational aspect of the show that i think is going to have to continue because of the time jumps that, mm-hmm. that are going mm-hmm. to keep happening because i think they've been very upfront for those who haven't read stuff about this i think that ron moore and the rest of that group has been very upfront that the idea the whole concept of this is sort of decade at a time storytelling so i i I would be shocked if we didn't have another big time jump and hear some grunge music at the end of this season right (laughs) i i would not be surprised at all um but it's still the 80s for now and uh ed is at home doing a thing that i think maybe again shows you how happy as a clam he is (laughs) in a way that seems weird as he's painting little miniature aircraft and stuff builds model airplanes he plays golf he is a he's a dad he's He's dad he's telling dad jokes he's doing all those things uh but he gets a he gets a call Uh oh sad astronaut alert gordo is super drunk at the bar he's he is putting his arms all over women in the bar while singing along to eye in the sky by the alan parsons project that is Welcome to the 80s, everybody. I am the Oof. eye in the sky. Oh, man. Right. We, so we should note that earlier on in the episode, we've also seen him, uh, this time at the Shriners, right. giving the same talk same, that he gave talk, before. Drinking. And having, looking off into and the drinking and having his little breakdowns <laughs> yeah. as everybody laughs at his jokes. Oh, Michael Dorman. God. So he is a mess. And Ed, Ed is called in. And he goes down there and he takes him outside. And they're on the side of the road and they're talking and... It's a it's a good scene, and Michael Dorman does a great job. 
as you know gordo of being like a disaster and how his he feels like his life is completely falling apart and um and it gives it gives ed an idea mm. Uh-oh, he's got so an idea. At, so so uh there's a meeting and Gordo wakes up and he's obviously hungover and is like, wait, we moved the meeting. You got to be here. And he's like, what? And so we see him wander in down a hall and he's right. like, so, which, which answers the question that he is still technically on te- active duty, technically an astronaut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, he kind of wanders in <laughs> and pours himself some coffee and all the astronauts are there. And Ed says, well, I got some announcements. Uh, Danielle is going to be on this STS, you know, shuttle mission to, to Jamestown. And everybody's like, woo. And it's like, he made good on his promise when she said, I want back in. He's like, yeah, when they were at the bar, I'm going to, I'm going to get you back in. And then he says, oh yeah, Gordo is also going to be on that mission. And Gordo's like, oh, what? <laughs> and I everybody else is so like, so hard huh? at this scene. <laughs> I laughed very hard because you have, you have our redheaded friend in the corner who is like, <laughs> perks up and they're like oh i've got flight assignments and he's like oh i maybe i'm ready and then realizes it's, it's he's danielle been... and he's like oh man and then it's gordo and he's like what what, what? yeah uh no. gordo is not doing well about this and i and he says I think, to ed he says like i can't I do can't it go. And he's yeah. like well i'm not giving you a choice and he's trying to help his friend right he's trying to help his friend he thinks the only way that he's going to solve gordo being a disaster is to give him because gordo is a disaster because his marriage broke up, but he's also a disaster because he feels like a failure because of what happened right. when they so were on the moon. So he's giving him a chance to redeem himself. And but, every day when he gives yeah. that speech, he is confronted with the fact that he is living a lie because he's not the hero of that story, but he has to tell it like he is. And he just keeps doing it, and it's destroying him. So I guess Ed's idea here is the only way you're going to not be completely destroyed as a human being, at least that I have the power to do, is to send you back and make you go through astronaut training and get your act together and get back up there so that you can actually have a legitimate thing to be proud of. And I get that. It's also Uh, a supremely bad idea. (laughs) It is a terrible idea. And I want to say the real... Okay, uh, this is what Lauren and I were talking about after we watched this episode, which is um, I one of the things I really like about this show and about this episode in particular is that our characters are allowed to make terrible decisions. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure, at least, the show is well aware of how terrible a decision it yes. is. And, and so you've got to separate being angry at Ed from being angry at For All Mankind. And I, I am willing, at this point, I'm going to separate those things and say... The biggest problem I have with this is not that that uh, Gordo is a disaster, although he is a disaster. And but maybe this is a way to shake him out of it. Maybe the biggest problem I have with this is Danielle. Danielle has just had nine years of terrible, awful things, and her husband has died, and she's wanted to return. She's the one who has conspired basically to act like bail, the fall guy, bail, bail him out, yeah, and all of this, and she wants to go back to space. Uh, her last space mission, by the way, was a near disaster because Gordo was so bad and, and and that led to all of those things. So she gets rewarded by Ed with a mission so she can go back to space. And he immediately saddles her with Gordo, yeah, he, who was the source of the problem, is the source yeah. of all the lies. And that's the part that really bugs me and I hope it comes out in the rest of the season is 
why is poor Danielle being put through this? Because right. she has to babysit Gordo, essentially, right? right. Like, that's like the if they feel. were on separate missions, it would I would feel differently about it. But it's like she is literally getting stuck with the same guy she got stuck with the last time and had to bail out. Right. And I feel like, and I again, I feel like the show knows this, but I'm just going to lay it down there, which is this is the woman, and in fact, the woman of color being forced to do all of the labor and emotional labor and yeah. support and everything because a, a white guy is sad. And I yeah. think the show does know this, and I hope the show knows this, um, and that it's really just Ed who is being um, stupid here. But, like, I would be really disappointed if we don't see later on in the season, perhaps even in the next episode, Danielle basically go into Ed's office and say, what the hell? <laughs> what yeah. the hell you're sticking me with this guy he's a basket case and uh i already you were there hi bob you were there that was not a fun time it was a bad time so we'll see where it goes but like boy i i get him being a friend and trying to save his friend but from danielle's perspective as well as from a like nasa operations perspective right. this is yes. such a bad yes. idea yeah it's like yeah the only reason it's kind of like what we saw with what we're talking about with Molly now. It's like the only reason you can send him back at all is because you all lied about what happened after that, right? If they if everybody knew what happened, Gordo would not be allowed to go anywhere near a space shuttle. No. Well, exactly and, right. He'd be out of the program. He'd be, he'd out, be out of the job. He'd be, he'd be gone. booted. Yeah, exactly. So Ed Ed has basically you know he has uh, facilitated uh, Gordo's you know uh, <laughs> enabled Gordo's habits and everything right. by keeping him in the program and keeping him sort of cleared even if he's not on you know going to space duty. I think it's also interesting because so Ed clearly seems to come up with this idea when he takes Gordo home and he sees you know the, <laughs> the destroyed living room full of cheese balls and b- b- yeah. blankets and everything and he sees a picture of the three of them on their you know from their mission and which is also the thing that leads me to believe that as we talked about with ed potentially having to go back to space is somehow they're getting the band back together i think it's not unlikely that ed will end up on that mission as well Mm. Uh, not impossible could be but yeah it it could happen maybe not but I, i think it's it's certainly a possibility um, but I agree that it is. It does seem rough on Danielle to to throw Gordo at her like a time bomb, and I'm hopeful oh. that this is a chance for Gordo, Gordo to redeem himself. Maybe so. he will have to make a sacrifice in order to legitimately save her this time. Um, I, I hope it's not with his life, but somehow part of me feels like eh, it's not impossible that he's going to have to <laughs> sacrifice himself to to save other people. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and given our redheaded astronaut friend, yeah, perhaps right. also the selection of Gordo will cause some legitimate dissension in the ranks that like this guy is a disaster. Why is he being allowed to do this? And I would like to see some of that, too, honestly. Yeah, I think that will come into play. Clearly, there's a lot of bureaucracy that's happening at NASA and the program is so big now. Uh, I think that's kind of the stuff we're some of this is the difficulty in like reconciling how it used to be that like old boys club right where it's like ed can pick whoever he wants he just decides right where well now you've got like 50 astronauts and that's not your like gut decision to make necessarily so i think that's an interesting way to approach it and i'm kind of curious to see how that develops as we you know and, and on the other end of the scale we get ellen who's an astronaut moving into an administrative position and perhaps trying to push back on some of that you know, like the bureaucracy there from the other side. I don't know. I'm I'm interested. It's planting a lot of seeds here to see how things develop. Hmm. All right. Well, we will find out next week with episode three. Anything else to say about episode two before we say goodbye? Uh, 
I think that was most of it. I enjoyed a lot of the interaction in this episode. Yeah. There was a lot of good stuff with Ed and Gordo. You don't have to have a solar storm every week to keep people no, interested. No, exactly. There is no... All these characters no, are great. Right. This is, this is a character-driven hour. There's mm-hmm. no ticking plot time bomb, really. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff sort of hinted at that we might see more about. For but, sure. Yeah, but a lot of this is character beats, which is, uh, you know, pleasant. I think, again, as I said last time, uh, season two... You get a lot more room to play with character beats. Having established your your characters, having a whole season under your belt means that you can kind of do little shorthand things like having Karen and Wayne just sit off talking in their golf cart. Uh, it's it's good stuff. It's good oh, stuff. So good. All right. Well, thank you to everybody out there for listening to this TV episode for for all mankind. And we'll be back next week with more. You can subscribe to the TV podcast or just the for all mankind podcast episodes by going to the incomparable.com. And uh, thank you for listening once again. Goodbye, Dan. Dr. Donya, Jason. <laughs>